0: Hello and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bytes. With us here today is Raquele Focarde. Raquel, you've had an amazing career. I think I'd I'd probably be doing you an injustice to say that you've been a trailblazer. You've spent 20 years working in the domains of career development, uh, employer branding. You're a published author on the topic of the multi-generational workforce. Delighted to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's too kind. (laughs) Happy to be here.
0: Well, obviously, we we would love to speak with you today about today in many workforces have a complete, we have a blend of different uh, backgrounds and different generations all working uh, with one another. This is obviously a a topic that's covered in, in a lot of depth. Why is this of particular relevance to us in this day and age?
1: Well, as you said, it is a very important topic, and I think you know the reason for its importance and relevance right now is the fact that we have an entire new generation that is entering the workforce, Generation Z. I mean, we've probably all been millennial to death by now for the last 15, 16 years. All we heard is millennials, millennials, and now you have an entire new generation coming into the workforce. And what really kind of pushed me to write this book is that I have actually experienced the rise of millennials. When millennials first started entering the workforce, obviously, they started demanding very different things. Um, They initiated this workplace revolution that I believe we're all benefiting from right now. They came out of the workplace and they started demanding a friendly working environment, and they started demanding uh, to be valued for their diverse attributes. They started demanding a mentor instead of a of a boss, and uh, you know companies were were stumbling, you know, in 2005, 2006, to win the war for talent, as McKinsey put it. So they had to quickly adapt to the needs of these new generations, and they started to change. And you know, in short, I believe millennials were kind of shoved down people's throats. I mean, all of a sudden, people that had been in the workforce for 30, sometimes 40, even 50 years started to be told, you know, you need to change, you need to change the way that you approach them, you need to change the way that you uh, engage with them, you need to be able to recruit them, attract them, retain them. And what happened is this created a disconnect in the uh, existing workforce where, you know, all these existing generations started to hold millennials in contempt because they were coming with so many privileges. But it was never really explained to them why it was was important. And likewise, millennials came into the workforce unaware of who they would be meeting. And so this created a series of intergenerational conflicts that I believe slowed down progress and innovation uh, within organizations. And now what's happening is you have a new generation coming in, Generation Z, and unlike the millennials, they're not not driving a workplace revolution in the sense of the working environment and culture, but they are extremely committed and dedicated to impact and innovation. They uh, believe that it's up to them to change the world. They feel the sense of urgency to fix what's broken. And I really believe that it's extremely important for the existing workplace to be able to accept them to embrace them to enable them to empower them and to support them in driving this change obviously our world is in trouble and uh, as I said many times I unfortunately came to terms with the fact that my generation will not be the one to change the world but I think we do have a responsibility I'm a gen X together with millennials and baby boomers to to hold this new generation in in, you know hands in hands and really support them and help them because uh, they're definitely more social minded than we are and we need that right now.
0: And that's a really interesting point, because I think the classical sort of generational sort of comment that's made about Gen X is that they were a very entrepreneurial generation. And I think we're seeing that in Gen Z now as well. Is that right? And is that something that's kind of been, you know, the effect of that, the parenting from Gen X?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Gen Z obviously are the uh, kids mostly of Gen X and Gen X had been coined the stealth fighter parents. So unlike millennials and the helicopter parents where they're always hovering and picking all their battles and fighting all their battles, Gen X as parents were the ones that kind of you know, stayed, stayed further away, uh, stayed at a distance, you know, ready to pounce, ready to support if really needed. But obviously, Gen X were a very individualistic um, generation. And as leaders, and as well as parents, they were entrepreneurial, they were extremely independent, very hands off, um, setting the goal, but allowing their kids and obviously their employees in the workplace to to achieve it their way. Um, and so I believe that Gen Z will definitely have a, um, you know, very flexible, um you know very skeptical the the, the skepticism that has been instilled in them by their their parents their gen x parents will definitely come through and they will you know they're definitely more i call them actually i like to call gen z the pragmatic idealists because they really have this sense of pressure and to change the world but they're also very pragmatic about it i mean they realize that you know it's not about anymore. Millennials, for example, were very committed to CSR, and they were easily sold by organizations that talked about corporate social responsibility. Gen X, I mean, they 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 understand that CSR is just a you know tax benefit with big you know PR upsides. So for them, greenwashing, for example, doesn't do so. Uh, you know, in their commitment to to change and, and be involved, and as you said, entrepreneurial uh, in working on projects that can really make a difference, um, they want to work for organizations that you know that are serious about it, and and they hold them accountable for showing them. Exactly how is it that you're going to help us uh, That through working with you, uh, or you're going to enable us to, to make the world a better place.
0: So th- there's so much that's covered, and, and I can understand how it would be so important for from the business perspective, right? To think about how you can cater to, you know, you're going to have a workforce that's comprised of four or five different generations. And I have to cater to essentially a sort of different, different mindset, and different set of wants and needs. But what I was really curious to ask you about is talking about Gen Z now coming into mm-hmm. the workforce yeah. in terms of making sure that their success, their setup for success. What are some of the things that they need to think about when they come into the workforce and for the first time in their lives, they're going to be working with millennials and Gen Xers and baby boomers uh, and so on?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a wonderful question. And frankly, I think it's very much at the foundation, at the core of the intergenerational conflicts that we've seen, for example, between millennials, baby boomers and and, and traditionalists. One thing that I've noticed in all my years talking to Gen Z, and even as, you know, while I was writing the book, I interviewed, you know, thousands of them, talked to hundreds of them. And, you know, sometimes we take for granted that the new generations coming into the workplace would understand, you know, what we as older generations experienced when we were in their shoes. And, uh, and I think this is a grave mistake because the reality is that, you know, these, these new kids that are coming out of universities, they, they have no idea that, for example, a Gen Xer like me, you know, we were taught, for example, You know, I I remember one of the very first lessons that I that I was told by my father in relation to the workplace was never trust anyone. Remember, it's always an interview, even when it's in a social context, you're always being interviewed. Don't ever befriend anyone because it's all a competition. You know, everyone's after your job at the end of the day. And don't believe that you have a special rapport with your boss because if something goes wrong or all of a sudden you're no longer useful, no friendship is going to help you keep that job. I, we were taught not to be authentic. We were taught, for example, to keep personal, personal in business, business. And these are things that seem impossible to a millennial or even more so to a Gen Z that's coming into the workplace right now. So what happens is these new generations come into the workplace and they may meet someone like me who may have a harder time for example interacting with them or or becoming part of the pack or socializing and the immediate uh comment right the confirmation bias then there is well look at her she's self-important look at you know these older generations they don't know how to be authentic you know they avoid us younger generations they think they're better and in reality they don't understand that below the surface is you know fundamentally a a sense of intimidation that we have because you know we're we weren't raised to to behave this way into the workforce and we've been conditioned and so on so so that it's really important for these new generations coming into the workplace to take some time to become curious about the forces that shaped the generations that are currently in the workplace. If you think about, you know, what life was like when a you know twenty-something-year-old baby boomer entered the workforce, not only from a historical, socioeconomic, political standpoint, but if you think about, um, you know, uh, the workplace was different. Uh, what was expected of you was different. Leadership styles were different. Behavioral norms were different. And parenting styles. I mean, parenting styles obviously influence leadership styles tremendously. So with all these things, you know, the the, the forces that shape the generations that are there, you know, are are there currently in the workplace are are very different. And without really understanding what the reality was like, it's very hard for the new generations to be able to understand where certain behaviors come from. And as I mentioned, this leads to confirmation bias. So instead of sitting down and thinking, hey, maybe she's like that because, wow, it would have taken her, you know, it took her 10 years to get her first promotion. and, And she's kind of surprised that I demand a promotion after one year. What's up with her? you know, if they had that context, I believe that would be easier to show understanding and and awareness and sensibility towards towards the the generations that are currently workplace. So I think one of the most important things is just curiosity. is just realizing Mm -hmm. that very Mm -hmm. often the behaviors you know, it's not something against them. You know, the older generations are not out to get you, but there is a fundamental lack of understanding, I believe, between the young and the old and vice versa. And I think this needs to be absolutely covered. It's, it's just like any relationship. I, I always say I feel like a couples therapist, right? Everybody wants the same thing. We want to get along, but until we really sit on that chair and we start to understand what are the causes of our behavior, why are we, what are our mind, mindsets and how have that shaped the way we interact with one another, it's going to be very difficult.
0: And it really sounds like for you know a young person entering the workforce being kind of aware of these things uh kind of the sooner the better right and, and realizing like okay this is not a it's not a one-way street right you you enter a workforce and there's, there's a lot of work that you're going to need to take on yourself to meet people at a point where you know ultimately you might be trying to influence or persuade or negotiate or uh, you know kind of secure a certain outcome from a team perspective or whatever And, and you need to do some of the work yourself, right. To understand where that other person's coming from generationally, culturally, uh, to get that outcome.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And also sensibility is, is, is so important, being sensible and being sensitive. I think it's really important because if you think about it, right, it's if, if one of the biggest uh, causes for intergenerational conflicts is this idea, for example, that, um, you know, the new generations come into the workplace and they're entitled and they want to be promoted right away and they want to have a seat at the table and they express their opinions and they have all these ideas and they're authentic in the way they communicate. But they don't understand that they may be sitting in front of someone who, for example, as I said, you know, spent the first 10 years of their career serving coffee and not being able to say a word, you know, and having someone coming in after, you know, they have gained that status through experience, through knowledge, through many, many years of hard work and shoot down their idea, you know, so nonchalantly, you know, can, can put them off. So one of the things that I always recommend is be sensible in the way you communicate instead of saying, hey, I think that idea is, is really wrong, right? I, I, I don't agree with that. I think it should be like this. Just try to understand where the other person comes from. Have a little bit of context to understand that, you know, this person has has reached where they are through lots of years of hard work. And they didn't get any of the privileges that the young generations have right now. Not to say that things are easy for young people coming into the workforce, but they were obviously much harder for for older generations who had to pay their dues and had to work on menial tasks and fundamentally hated their job. I have one um, whenever I think of baby boomers in the workplace, I always think of that 70s show. I don't know if any of you watched it. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I one. love it. So it's a, it's a show about these kids in, in Wisconsin in, in the seventies. And there is one, uh, episode where Eric Foreman, who is a 16 year old kid, goes to his father upset because after getting a job to make some extra money after work, his father is a veteran, uh, war veteran, ex factory worker. And he basically starts complaining that his boss treats them poorly and that the work that he does is boring. And all he does is sweep the floor. And the father gets really, really mad at him and says, Hey, this is work. Work is not supposed to be fun. It's about seeing how much crap you can take from the boss man and then taking some more. And I mean, this is a concept that to the average young Gen Z, but even millennial seems impossible to think about why would I want to work for somebody that treats me awfully? Our parents taught me that I should aim for the stars, I should be with working organizations that respect me and so on and so forth. But sadly, that was the reality for most baby boomers and most Gen Xers. And I think without that context and that understanding, it's really hard to bond. Um, and right. then, of course, I think, you know, the other thing is is, is also try to, I mean, what, we, what we're experiencing right now is a very polarized workplace, right? If you look at it, and And it's I think it's kind of a reflection of our society right now, despite the fact that all these social crises should be bringing us together. We're quite polarized. But if you look at the workplace, I mean, the young generations tend to sit on one side and the older generations tend to stick on the other. And there's, there's very little, you know, exchange uh, mm. other than the formal exchange. And, and I believe that's a problem. I mean, we know that homogeneous teams don't lead to as much creativity as and in, in innovation as diverse teams. And when it comes to generational diversity, I mean, the strengths that each generation can bring to the table are tremendous. And in a study of over 2,000 people that I conducted uh, while writing the book, I asked specifically, what are the challenges that people experience with each generation, but also the strengths? or the things they wish to learn from the other generations and it's amazing to see what baby boomers say they want to learn from the young generations and vice versa mm. i was mind blown when i when i read it uh, and when i i looked at those results so there's a lot of opportunity to learn from each other to interact to collaborate um, and i believe that collaboration that intergenerational collaboration is really the key to saving the world right now
0: oh yeah i mean this is um bringing back to what we started off by saying there's the time is now because suddenly, you know, the, especially when we factor in things that we're seeing in remote work, suddenly might have hundreds of people in a Slack channel. And there's there's no barrier of, I, I need a meeting with someone. I need to walk into someone's door. You're getting DMs from people. You can DM people, you know, that, that are, you know, different seniority levels, different branches of the organization. I think yeah. we have time for, I, I really want to squeeze in one final question which is a situation some people may some young people may find themselves in and i use mm-hmm. my own uh, sort of example here when i graduated as, as a pharmacist in 2009 i was put in charge of a community pharmacy the pharmacist in a community pharmacy becomes the de facto manager just because you're mm-hmm. kind of you know you've got the sort of most fancy degree essentially um, and as I was put in charge of the store, I had—I uh, suddenly had a team to look after and I was managing and leading a team. They're all older than me, different backgrounds, completely different sort of life paths and the rest. And I had no managerial or leadership experience, really. I was suddenly told, here's your pharmacy, here's your team, you own the P&L and, uh, you know, keep the staff happy and, you know, do a good job. And I was told all that kind of stuff. There may be other young people who suddenly find themselves in this situation, either because it's a similar context or their career's off to a wild start, and they suddenly need to start managing and leading a team that's older than them. And this is really their first managerial or leadership experience, and it also contains that sort of dynamic to it. We've talked, we've talked a lot about the, the broader context, but what are maybe some of the one or two key recommendations that you would have for a young person that finds themselves in that situation?
1: Well, I mean, I think the first thing and, and is that leadership is very different today than what it was, uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, the young generations are the ones that, that made it so. Uh, millennials started creating a, you know, leadership by followership as opposed to by, you know, authority or by years of experience or seniority. Um, they, you know, started having a more flexible approach to leadership, a more authentic approach to leadership. So I, I think it's very different right now. I mean, in the past, it would have seemed almost impossible to think that a young person would survive, <laughs> put in a condition where they had to manage older, uh, older employees. But I think now, I mean the best approach is to to use collaborative decision-making. I, I think the reality is not about kind of imparting orders, but it's about being able to identify what are the strengths that everyone can bring to the table. So in managing the older workforce, yes, you may have a position of authority, so to speak, because you're responsible for them. But these are people that are going to have a lot of experience, that are going to have a lot of knowledge, that will have seen things that you have not seen. And so being able to kind of bring everybody together and say, okay, guys, let's forget seniority here you know I need you to you know support me in this particular area because you have the skills you have the experience I am new here and perhaps I can bring a fresh perspective so let me throw that to the table and see how you guys think we can remove roadblocks and so on and so forth and uh, and this works very well I have a very uh, interesting case study of a company um, Siemens i I actually mentioned them in my book and and uh, the head of uh, talent acquisition globally had to put together a team that was very diverse where he needed the young generations to be the one to drive the solution. But he needed them to be the ones to work alongside the older generations. And he said, you know, at the beginning, it was very difficult. I mean, especially when you work with a European, you know, organization, you know, older workforce engineers, and then you have these millennials coming or Gen Z coming into the workforce and, and coming into the team with their ideas and, you know, having to run certain projects. And at the beginning, of course, they're, they're met with resistance. But the most important thing, first of all, was to be able to to kind of you know be open about what frustrates us and be open about you know where we feel uncomfortable. There's a lot of fears and um and things that intimidate us about the generations that we work with. And I think it's important to put those on the table. But instead the most important thing was you know understand what is everybody's strength? And the second that everybody starts to interact, not based on seniority or ex- or, or experience or years of experience, but based on expertise, that's when the magic happens. It. So it's really about being able to identify, you know, what strength can you bring to the table and how can you make everybody that you work with, everybody that reports to you feel equally heard, equally valued, equally respectable and um, uh, respected. And and ultimately, it's also about shared uh, shared success. Right. Setting up a goal like what is it that we're going to achieve together? Because at the end of the day, who doesn't want to be successful, right? So by, you know, making sure that you highlight uh, what success means for the team, for the organization, for that particular branch of that particular pharmacy, or for, you know, a team in a corporate job is important. Uh, And then making sure that everybody understands what their role is uh, to be able to reach that success. Uh, And then I think people are going to start working with each other and appreciating what each can bring to the table instead of worrying so much about years of experience uh, or even age.
0: Amazing. Raquel, it's been so good to have you on the show. So much food for thought, so much actionable advice that people can go away and start thinking about and implementing. Thanks so much for coming on. And what is the best way for anyone to uh, find your book, uh, find more information, or get in touch with you?
1: Absolutely, no problem. So, my book. I don't know if you guys can see it. Here it is. It's called Reframing cool. Generational Stereotypes. And uh, it's available on Amazon uh, currently. So uh, anyone who is outside of Asia can buy it on Amazon. In uh, Asia is currently in bookstores and on the McGraw Hill website. Perfect. And soon it will be in bookstores. Copy in Europe as well. But uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is such an important topic. And for any, you know, youngster out there listening to this, I really believe that you hold the key to saving the world. Just find, you know, make sure you understand the importance of being able to get all the help that you can and all the support that you get from the older one of us who are in the workplace. Because, um, you know, whether we say it or we don't say it, we really do depend on you.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. This has been another episode of Applies Job Bites. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Takes. all the pain, out of the blind, the jobs away,
0: apply, in a single click, start and track, your applications never write a cover letter again.